Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in chapter 27 of Matthew, which is the next to last chapter. But I'm going to break it down into two parts. And the reason for that is really because I've been praying a lot about my relationship and the journey with God or back to God. And a number of things have struck home to me. So before we, uh, and so I'm only going to read a short portion of this chapter, about 25 out of the 60 odd um, verses. But I just want to, I feel compelled to share a little bit from my heart of some of the thoughts that I've had regard since I've been reading Matthew, but also just since I've been reading the Bible on this journey. So before we do that, though, let's go to God in prayer. Holy Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word that I get to read. I thank you for who you are. And I just lift up, Father, this day in these words. I pray that these words would be from you, that your Holy Spirit would guide, and that it wouldn't be from me, but it would be strictly from you, that my heart would be yours, and that my spirit be completely in tune with you, Lord. I just pray that for this moment, this day, this life. So, Father, I just lift up this time. I'm grateful. I know I don't deserve your grace, but I receive it, and I am thankful for it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So there's a few things going on, and this is now in chapter 27. We're coming to the culmination of the of the events. And I just want to read a little bit about, about um, these events and just start here. I'll go in verse 1. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans on on plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief the chief priest and the elders. I have si- I have sinned, he said, for I have be- betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, It's against the law to put this into the treasury, since it's blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. I find interesting there that they didn't have a problem producing blood money. And I would think that would be a sin, but maybe not. Verse 8. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Verse 11. While Jesus stood before the governor, the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, replied Jesus. When he was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. 
Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had, they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why, what crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. I'm going to stop there. Because, quite candidly, Jesus could have, again, as he's being flogged, as he's being accused, as he's being tortured, he could have had the angels come and rescue him. He could have wiped out the entire population. He could have healed himself right then and there, just as he healed others in in the temple. He could have done all these things, but he didn't, because he knew he had to fulfill the plan. And the plan was there in order to save us, to save me, and to save you. Without his sacrifice, we wouldn't have the relationship we have with God today. And so I've been pondering a lot as we've read, and what we've read for the last year almost now, 10 months I believe it is, we've been reading about God's love for us. We've read the Old Testament, We've read the new. We've read the first book, Genesis, and we read the last, Revelations. All of them point to God loving us. All of them point to God loving me. He doesn't give up on people. We saw that in Genesis. Even when people were horrible, as Jacob and Isaac were, Abraham lied about his wife being his sister. Did that on a consistent basis. None of these men were great. The disciples constantly had huge failings. Look at Peter. Peter was a hothead. He was egotistical. He was proud. And he was also a denier. And at times a complete failure. Yet God never gave up on anybody. He didn't give up on any of them. And he still fulfilled His task, which was to give us grace. And grace is ultimately when someone sacrifices everything for someone who deserves nothing from them. And that's me.
I deserve nothing, but God gave everything, his son, to die for me, a painful, terrible death. I was listening to someone speak the other day, and they said, I just can't believe that God wants us to be in hell, that there's a vengeful God that would have a hell. Well, God, hell is a, is a element that we choose. It's an absence of God. Think about what's happened in our society since we removed God from the schools when it was no longer a moment of silence, when we no longer said there was a, taught that there was a supreme being. Our schools have become terrible. Our society has become chaos because it's run by people who don't believe in God. The absence of God has created an insane society where anything and everything is acceptable, including violence, against children, violence against others, because it's an absence of God. But this is a decision men and women have made. So just like Judas made a decision, yes, he was, he was sorry about it, but why? Was it because he realized, hey, oh, dang, I screwed up? Why? But it was still his choice. We all make choices. We choose not to have God in our lives. And that's hell. So when we die and we've made our choice, we live in an environment without God. There's the total absence of God because he honors our decision. God doesn't want us to go to not have him in his, in our lives. We've seen that he's, but he's faithful all through the old Testament and the new. All through my life, he's been faithful to me. Even when I wasn't deserving, as I'm still not deserving. So, what I've really seen throughout this time, and as we come into the Christmas season, God loves us incredibly. He never gives up on us. But he allows us to make decisions. And if we choose to not have him in our life, that's our choice. Having him in our life isn't necessarily going to be easy. Look what happened to Jesus. It wasn't an easy life. Look at the disciples. They didn't have an easy life. But they had a fulfilled life. Ease versus fulfillment are two totally different things, and they don't always come together. In fact, they rarely do. But God has loved us. The decision for hell is our choice. The decision to, have, to sin is my choice. And that's what I've really seen. But God never gives up on me. And he's never given he, all these examples that we've read about. He never gave up on people. He continued to love them and take care of them. So I don't know why I felt compelled to share that today at this point in the reading, but it's just been on my heart that God is love and it's pointed to Jesus. Every book is pointed to Jesus from the beginning. And it's a, it's a choreographed plan that God is in charge. So with that, I'm just going to close with prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your day. Thank you for your love and your grace. And thank you for not giving up on me. I know I don't deserve it. 
I know it. And uh, but Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I just pray that your your word would go out and be very fruitful. And I pray that you would be the one that speaks to us in our hearts. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, so just as an update on the no drinking thing, it's now day six. I'll, I'll be honest, day four and five were tough. They were harder than days one and two. Um, and I didn't think I was that drank that much, but my sleep has been impacted and I've had cravings and part of it's, I read and I'm reading things or watching TV and they all have alcohol associated in them. And it reminds me, man, it'd be really good to have a drink right now and, you know, a glass of wine or whatever. And that was such a part of my life because I went to the, the bars. I have some local hangouts, holes in the wall with great music that I used to go to all the time. And so now I've had to figure out a whole new way of coping. And it hasn't been simple. Um, again, I don't know if this is like permanent. I doubt it. Um, but it's always good to do a, to take a time out. And it's really made me think, and I've been way more clear. My sleep, my sleep hasn't been a better, hasn't been better at least not yet, but I feel a lot better, but the, there's still a desire because it's a habit to just go get a glass of wine or something, um, throughout the days or evenings, especially. That's why I started working out at night instead of the mornings. Um, but anyways, just thought I'd give you an update. And, uh, again, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining me on this journey and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.